When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're watching the ESPN Fantasy Football Marathon. We are now 21 hours into our Fantasy Football Marathon and nearly 1.66 million people have signed up to play Fantasy Football on the ESPN Fantasy app and more fantasy to come throughout the show as we're going to talk about what Frank Reich said about his star running back, it might give me just the tiniest bit of pause about drafting him. Look at him. I am Field Gates. Yeah, Swagoo looking crispy, <laughs> as is our gate guy, Damian Woody, who tells me that he went to Swagoo's Barber here yesterday. Yeah. He is also Andy. Yeah. extra yeah. fresh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Swagoo has a Bristol Barber? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, didn't you, know you you're damn right I do. That? Yeah. You're damn right I do. I yeah. All you do is all you do is put a razor and do this, Shefty. I got to get this thing groomed. <laughs> and you do. You do that well, Swagger. He does. He does it at top level. We also have, of course, Adam Schefter here. And, Shefty, we're going to start with you because we have some breaking news surrounding Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. What's the latest? Still, the underwent surgery today in Los Angeles, and it went about as well as the Jets could hope. Dr. Neil Elitrosh repaired his torn meniscus, and the Jets initially had said it would be about two to four weeks. It sounds like it's going to be closer to that four-week timeline, maybe a little longer because the Jets are going to be very careful with Zach Wilson and not bring him back until he's fully ready. And that means that right now, with the Jets playing the Baltimore Ravens in week one, I think Joe Flacco, the former Ravens quarterback, is in line to start against his former team with Zach Wilson on the men. But Today went as well as the Jets could have hoped. Absolutely. And we know that Robert Sala and the whole organization, they had talked about they feel good going into this whole situation as far as the surgery is concerned. And now I think they can exhale a little bit knowing that the surgery went well, that he'll be on the men. And, and they pointed out that, listen, he's not going to get back on the field until he's 100% ready. Mm-hmm. So it'll be the Joe Flacco show. And I've been out there to the, pay, uh, to the Jets training camp. Joe Flacco can still sling the ball around. Like, his arm is still lively at 37 years old. So I think the Jets feel pretty good about Joe Flacco filling in for Zach Zach Wilson for as long as it needs be. There you go, Woody. That's what I wanted you to get to. Like, you can take your time because you feel good about Joe Flacco. That's a great situation to be in for Joe Douglas and the New York Jets. But the one thing that hit my mind was also, man, he need these reps. Zach Wilson I'm talking about. I just hope that he's able to continue to keep the football acumen going because remember now, fellas, when he come back, it's live action Mm -hmm. for a guy that didn't see a lot of action last year. So hopefully during this rehab process, he can stay truly engaged. And I know it's easy. Like, like here's the thing, Woody, and everybody think, oh, he engaged, he in meeting rooms, he's doing – but when you're not playing, you have to actually put a little extra mental Mm -hmm. effort into preparing for these weeks like you're actually going to go out and play. And for a young guy, that can be something you need to learn over time. So I'm looking forward to seeing when he does step back on the field, how up to breast he is and how fast he can get going and start ascending. This is a huge year for Zach Wilson, fellas. 
If Joe Flacco is a starter in week one, that would mean that we have Joe Flacco facing off against the Ravens. We'd have Russell Wilson in week one Russell facing Wilson. off against the Seattle Seahawks. Baker Mayfield Baker against Mayfield the Browns, maybe? The Cleveland Browns. Week one is officially reunion week in the NFL. And Not good ones, though, Phil. Not ooh, good ones. Well, hey, these, are, these are divorces you see your ex with a new man somewhere. <laughs> maybe, maybe the right word is the revenge tour in week one. Let's keep it in the AFC East and go from the Jets to the Patriots and the Panthers as they are holding a joint practice today. Bill Belichick and Mac Jones out there working on the Patriots' new offense. And, of course, on the other side of the ball, we just told you about Baker Mayfield. He's getting plenty of important reps as he continues to compete with Sam Darnold for that starting quarterback job in Carolina. And we are going to head right out to Gillette Stadium where we find our guy Mike Reese, of course, the intrepid Patriots reporter for us here at ESPN. And, Mike, I'm not sure if anybody's asked you about this for the past six months. But what is the latest in terms of how the Patriots are approaching their offensive coordinator situation? Oh, Field, this has to be the only place in the NFL where <laughs> reporters are watching the sideline as much as they're watching the field. Uh, let me tell you what I saw in this morning's joint practice with the Panthers. Matt Patricia had the walkie-talkie, and it seems like he is still the primary voice in Mac Jones' helmet. But it really is interesting to watch more than Patricia, but also Bill Belichick. When they split the field for the first time, and it was the Patriots' offense against the Panthers' defense, and on the other field, the Patriots' defense was against the Panthers' offense, Bill Belichick was over with the Patriots' offense. So he's still a very big part of this, coaching up uh, the offense. And just to give you a quick flavor of what happened today, two-minute offense was a chance for Mac Jones and that top unit to maybe get a little momentum going, had a couple big plays field to get it going, and then it fizzled out. That's reflective a little bit of where the offense is. Some good things, but still looking for that defining moment. Well, Mike, I'm sure we'll keep you busy following this offensive coordinator story until week one, and then it'll be a whole different story when we find out what actually happens when the Patriots travel to <laughs> Miami. Great stuff from Mike, as always. Looking forward to day two of joint practices tomorrow. Let's go back to the offensive coordinator situation, Shefty. What more can you add to the dynamic in play in New England? Well, Mike is right. Where else have we debated who's calling plays <laughs> or who's running the offense more than in New England? Yeah. And while I have no doubt that they're going to miss Josh McDaniels, who's one of the top play callers in the league, the fact that the Patriots could draw as much scorn and criticism and skepticism as they have surprised me. Like, Bill Belichick knows a thing or two about football. Mm. So I think he knows what he's doing when he appoints Matt Patricia to call plays, and he's involved in the offense. Is it going to be as good and as efficient as it would be if Josh McDaniels were running the offense? No. Josh McDaniels is one of the best in the league. But Bill Belichick has a pretty good sense about how football is played, about how offenses are run, about how defenses like to attack, and yes, I think there'll be some growing pains. But again, I will give that organization the benefit of the doubt. Swagoo, it sounds like you feel a little bit differently about this because how are you feeling about the possibility of Matt Patricia or Joe Judge calling plays in New England? You, you, you see how Shefty phrased that? Because he know we about to have a damn fight. And I hope, I hope Woody on my side. And I don't want to fight with a guy who's got his beard <laughs> so neatly trimmed. <laughs> now, here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, and the reason why we do have pause is exactly what Shefty said about Bill Belichick. But ultimately, fellas, like, come on now. Let's settle in and start thinking about this from a football perspective. They don't have an offensive coordinator. Like, I, I don't I, – to me, this is mind-boggling that this is not concerning for anybody. Mm -hmm. and, and we could call it whatever we want to, but both of these guys are auditioning. 
to be the to be the offensive play caller if you're using to because all of our history teaches us about Bill Belichick. He likes knowns. He doesn't like things to be up in the air. He wants to know where he's going, where the team sits, and how he's going to move forward. And maybe they have that within the building. But if if one of these guys have ascended, or if you plan on using two, why not just say that? Because it, and and look, you could tell me about game planning, and other teams don't know what the hell you're gonna do, and it's gonna give you an advantage. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Because I look at this conference that they're in. You can't have a middle of the pack offense, and I'm not sure if the New England Patriots had a good offensive coordinator, because I don't consider Matt Patricia or Joe Judge, either one of them uh, calling plays, to be good offensive coordinators right now because we've never seen it. That's important. But outside of that, we're talking about Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, uh, Russell Wilson. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen within their division. And God help us if Tua plays well, the New England Patriots might not make the playoffs. And we sitting here talking about trying to figure out who their offensive coordinator is going to be. This is not normal. Whoa. This is not normal, and I don't want fans to ever think it's normal because it's Bill Belichick. Well, y'all get out of here with that. Well, why should he have to say it? Like, it's not like Bill Belichick has ever said a whole lot about football <laughs> strategy in the past. He doesn't owe that to anybody, and the players know what's going on. You're exactly why right. does he have to say that? You're exactly right, Shefty. But when you got two guys calling plays in one game, that probably can create a little bit of confusion within your own team, not knowing. Now, like I said, he may inside those walls in that building, and Woody knows better than both of us because he's been there and been coached by Bill Belichick. Inside those walls, they may already know the plan and how they're going to move forward. But when you got a guy calling plays in the first half and the second half of a preseason game, that's going to cause a little bit of attention from the outside and the media to try to determine what are you doing with this offensive coordinator spot. Let me tell y'all something. Go ahead. Go ahead, Let fella. me tell y'all something. <laughs> well, preach what it is, because you know. The only reason we giving deference or we things are tampered down is because of Bill Belichick. Yeah. yeah. That's the only That's reason. Right. Let this happen to any other organization. <laughs> All hell would be killing them. them. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere else. When you have two guys that we're talking about could, could be potential play callers that's never called plays, and even when they were head coaches, they were disasters at their respective organizations. So I could really go off. Go ahead. I could, re- but go I'm ahead. not going to go off because Adam, I've been coached by Bill Belichick. I know his greatness, <laughs> so I'm willing to give him a little time to kind Woody, of work through Woody, this whole thing. Woody, hold on, hold on, uh, bring them up while I'm talking. I got a question to ask because everybody keeps saying this about Bill Belichick. Woody. You were one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL when you were in New England. Mm-hmm. Who was your quarterback? Oh, come on. You know it was Tom. Can you, can you name some of the guys that was on the defensive side of the ball when you were in New England? Absolutely. Willie McGinnis, Teddy Bruschi, Lawyer Malloy, yeah. Ty Law, Richard Seymour. Okay. I can keep okay. going. Thank you, Woody, for my point. This. In, in any other time, if you're sitting there with Tom Brady as your quarterback and you got nine or ten Hall of Famers on the other side of the ball, we can insulate you and we can play offense and we can take time to develop and come along. You got a second-year quarterback. <laughs> and you don't know who you – you don't know what this defense is going to be for real this year. You just let the, the, the league leader in interceptions go to the Los Angeles Chargers. Listen, 
all hell breaking loose in Swaggoo, man, and y'all ain't going to stop it from what, doing it. Hey, listen, listen, hold on, Swaggy. Like, don't think I'm not against you here. I'm just giving okay, deference okay. to Bill. That's the that's I, the only okay. reason all hell hasn't broken loose on the okay. set right now. I can tell you that. <laughs> all, right, all right, thank you for calming me down, Woody. Thank you for calming me down. Here's the good news. We have 26 days until the NFL regular season, which means just 26 <laughs> more days to dissect this conversation a million different ways as we have been doing for the past yeah. handful of months. Speaking of conversations to dissect, the Panthers have one surrounding their starting quarterback job, and that's where we head out now to get more information from our great Panthers reporter, David Newton, who, of course, is up there at Gillette Stadium for these joint practices. And, David, it sounded like another day where it was Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold kind of working as the co-starting quarterback. This joint joint practice is sort of a big opportunity for more reps against different competition. What did you see out of these two? Yeah, it's not so much what I saw as what I didn't see. I didn't see Baker Mayfield do anything to really separate from Sam Darnold, and I didn't see Sam Darnold do anything to really catch up with Baker Mayfield. And that's kind of the way it's been all camp. I think the difference is that Baker Mayfield has really grasped this offense quickly. He's taken command of it. But today he was really rough out there. I mean, he started off in the drills where he was throwing one-on-one with the cornerback and the wide receiver. He was one out of his first six. He got into the two-minute drill. He was uh, three for ten, I believe, and he – got there at the end he had a chance to get him to the end zone he didn't do it so Baker Mayfield is not perfect he's far from that but he also is probably better than Sam Darnold and that's kind of what they're looking at right now they just know what Sam Darnold can do because they had him last year and he was four and seven Baker Mayfield they're trying to see as much as they can right now so they can learn as much as they can about him before they name him a starting quarterback it seems like Baker Mayfield has a leg up here at least will by the time this is all said and done David Newton thanks so much for the perspective and let's turn to Shefty for more on this Panthers quarterback competition which we think could wrap up as soon as this week Matt Rule has said that neither quarterback has had an edge and that's been the word within the organization but I think people outside all have expected that Baker Mayfield is the guy that is the leader to be named the starting quarterback job and that when opening day rolls around and Carolina's playing Cleveland, not that we needed one more storyline on opening day, but Baker Mayfield going up against Cleveland would be awfully appealing and it certainly seems like that's within the realm of happening right now. Again, these two quarterbacks still are engaging in a competition. Panthers haven't given an edge to either one publicly. Matt Rule said he wanted to wait until after August 18th. August 16th, so we're a few days away, Field. Damian, as far as this conversation and the quarterback uh, decision uh, goes, is this really more about Sam Darnold and what we have seen last year or Baker Mayfield and what he can bring to the table upside-wise in Carolina? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's – man, I was ready to come with a real answer on this. Like, I was ready to, like, blow people away with all of this stuff. Baker Mayfield and why Baker Mayfield makes so much sense. And then my man and – in research, Henry just gave me the stats since 2018. <laughs> you want to know the, the two quarterbacks that has led the, that's been the, the worst as far as turning the ball over? Since 2018? Since 2018. Mayfield and Darnold. There you go. <laughs> so wow. this is like, I'll be damned. Like, I you can save Henry the work. You can save Henry the work right there. And it's just like, for me, obviously the quarterback is the guy that's handling the football the most. And you have two guys on the roster who, since they've come to the league, have been turnover machines. So that? Wow. That, that, man, that, that does in, not feel in, good. In, in other words, Woody's ready to name Matt Corral the opening day starter. <laughs> oh, sounds like it. Well, let me ask Swagoo then here. Hey, Swagoo, is it more important who starts at quarterback or Christian McCaffrey being healthy and on the field for almost all 17 games this season? 
It's Christian McCaffrey. We, what he just told you, they trying to determine between the best or the worst. And that ain't a good place to mm. be in the NFL. And listen, Christian McCaffrey will make it easier on both of these guys. But there you have it. This is the biggest question for the Carolina Panthers this year because he really does change the dynamic of how defenses have to play you. Now, we saw Baker Mayfield play behind with, with the team where the run game was the strength of the offense. And he was able to function at a high level at times, but obviously in those high leverage situations is when Baker Mayfield start to waver. And then Sam Darnold, who broke my damn heart, y'all. I thought Sam Darnold was going to lead the Jets out of that Adam Gay situation and go to Carolina and start to ascend. And I know he didn't have Christian McCaffrey. He had some success early in his tenure as a quarterback, but then we start to see the ball go to the other team. Unfortunately for the Carolina Panthers right now, you got to bank on your running back being available and playing the entire season, which has not happened in an extended period of time. I love Christian McCaffrey and what he brings, but God bless him because he's going to have to be the catalyst for this offense. He's going to have to make everyone around him job easier, yeah. and that's the quarterbacks especially. And, and guys, listen, Matt Rule is talking, and thank goodness they get to play and practice against New England Patriots because they will show you defenses that will be a little bit more tricky than most teams that you either play or practice against. But this is about Christian McCaffrey this year. Because if we expect Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield to have a revival like, like a church tent in 140 degrees, it ain't happening. These guys are who they are by now. This league is honest. This league is very telling. Mm. And y'all go back and research for me how many guys we've seen play troublesome football the first three or four years of their career and then somehow magically turn around and become great players. Yeah. I don't know many of them. It's a very short list. That much is for sure, Swagoo. Since signing a four-year, $64 million extension a couple of off-seasons ago, Christian McCaffrey has played in just 10 out of 33 games for the Carolina Man. Panthers. We'd love to see him back on the field much more this season. Hey, so to come here on NFL Live, we're talking Colts. Does their offense fly higher with Jonathan Taylor running the rock less? Here with Damon Essay about that next. And speaking of running backs, Najee Harris said he would carry the ball 500 times this season if it meant the Steelers were winning games. But will he have to shoulder that kind of load? Marcus weighs in after the break. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching the ESPN Fantasy Football Marathon. Stefania Bell here. Have you heard of the ESPN Fantasy app? Your portal to the best fantasy football experience on the planet? With the ESPN Fantasy app, you are in control. From customizing your leagues to inviting friends to running your draft, it's all in there in a simple, easy-to-use layout. During the season, use it to add and drop players, propose trades, and track your progress in real time from virtually anywhere. Fantasy becomes reality when you download the ESPN Fantasy app. All right, time now for some read and react as we are back here at NFL Live. And we're going to get some fantasy-type intel in here. And we start with the Colts and the possible RB1. And by possible, I mean the definite RB1 going into this season. Here's coach, Colts head coach Frank Reich about Jonathan Taylor's role for this season. Quote, the goal is not to lead the league in rushing. The goal is not to make Jonathan Taylor the MVP of the league. The goal is to win championships. He knows that, and we all know that. That's what we're all about. You don't see teams that have this ground-and-pound run game win championships. You just don't. Damien, does this deter you at all from taking Jonathan Taylor number one overall? You have the first pick in our draft tonight. Listen, if I had some glasses, I would take them off right now. Swag style. Okay, yeah, swag style. There's no. He doesn't budget. want you to win a fantasy championship. He doesn't. He doesn't want me to be great right now. <laughs> he does. Frank does not want me to be great right now. I'm taking Jonathan Taylor tonight, number one. Whoa. And you're not supposed I, to tip your picks. No, but I'm doing it. I'm letting everyone know right now. He's out here, Orlando Magic. I'm ignoring the noise. Okay, I'm ignoring it. I'm ignoring it. I'm with you. I mean, what if his rushing goes down by like 150 yards this year? He'll still be by far the leading rusher in the NFL unless Derrick Henry decides to be, well, Derrick Henry. Let's go to the Raiders. There have been big changes in Vegas, but Darren Waller is still a top 10 tight end while only having two touchdowns last season. How about this quote on the Great Bustle with the Boys podcast? Quote, there were a lot of times in the last couple of years where I felt like there wasn't a clear defined attack in the red zone or like a plan for me specifically. I was kind of like, what the bleep am I doing? Sometimes, but now I kind of feel like that's something that's in place with Josh, of course, McDaniels. For me, there's no reason why my big ass shouldn't be dominating in the red zone at mm. all. Mm. Okay. Shefty, with the addition of Devontae Adams, who gets the red zone targets here in Las Vegas? Well, that's the key there, Field. They add Devontae Adams, and so you have to figure that defenses will be shifting their defense and coverage to Devontae Adams, giving that much more wiggle room to a guy like Darren Waller. I know there's a lot of targets to feed in Vegas. Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, but Darren Waller should be a red zone force. Looking forward to it. Let's go to Pittsburgh, where Najee Harris bursted onto the scene last season in terms of touches. He led the entire league. Here's what he had to say about his usage goal. Going forward. I'll get 500. I didn't have an issue with it. You know what I mean? It was the media who had an issue with it. I told them every game, I was like, man, look, at, if this is the way to winning, I can carry the load. You know, I, I train to carry loads. You know what I mean? It's not something that I haven't done before. I did in college, high school, you know what I mean? NFL. Me to get that much carries, I was like, man, like, is we winning games? You know what I mean? It was, it was a long streak where, you know, it was a, someone was saying, like, if I have 25 carries in and, you know, we're undefeated. You know what I mean? So if I get 500 carries, as long as it's, if we winning, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Man, Swagoo, that's a lot. Does Najee Harris need 500 for the Steelers to win? 
Man, I don't ever want to hear Najee Harris say that again. No, please, God, don't let him need 500 carries for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win. They didn't. He had to carry the ball so much last year because we didn't know if being Roethlisberger on was going to show up to mm. the game. But now you got Mr. Trubisky. You got athletic quarterbacks that can take some carries off Najee with their athleticism. Different type of play structure. We're getting these guys out on boots, whether that's Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. And those guys can run as well. No, Najee. No. No 500. No. Don't say that no more. Najee Harris. I mean, come on now. 500? I take that. I might draft a number one overall if I can get 500 opportunities <laughs> from Najee Harris this season. Y'all hey, selfish. You know, it's uh, y'all so selfish. It's only the preseason, as you guys know. Even though Swagoo is in regular season form, but should Cowboys fans be worried about their team's discipline? Oh, boy. Marcus oh, boy. always has some thoughts on his Cowboys. <laughs> Stick around to hear what he. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Our first week two NFL preseason game as the Bears taking on the Seahawks. Thursday at from 5 Pacific on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the ESPN app. Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Dan Orlovsky on the call. Laura Rutledge will be there on the field. Our coverage begins at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, with a special edition of Monday Night Countdown. All right. On to the Cowboys. They opened up their preseason schedule against the Broncos this past Saturday. They picked up, unfortunately, right where they left off last season as far as penalties are concerned. They they committed, excuse me, 21 penalties in the loss. 17 of them were accepted. This coming after last season in which they led the entire NFL in penalties. Here's head coach Mike McCarthy on Dallas' struggles with the infractions. I think we all recognize that this isn't the regular season. So, you know, I understand, you know, your question. And as far as, you know, last year was last year. This is preseason. I don't think this... Has anything to do with last year? I don't like. I didn't like the number of penalties. You know, made it clear. I talked about it at halftime, and um, you know, talked about it briefly in there. So we'll take a long look at it. Swaggy, what'd you make of Mike McCarthy's reaction? Mm. Moment of silence for my reaction, y'all. Listen, man, I actually got a candle for my zen <laughs> on this situation because yesterday we were gonna get into this on the show, and we ran out of time. And it's not about the penalties. For me, it's about Mike McCarthy's reaction. Mm. Mike McCarthy, last year when we watched the Dallas Cowboys, you were penalty-laden. There has been 206. You are the most penalized football team in the NFL in the last two years, I believe, or the last year. 266 of them. 
and you get 21 penalties in your first preseason game when after this season that should have been the focus of you and your coaching staff. You've been practicing in training camp. You've had OTAs. You've probably had guys up there voluntarily, involuntarily practicing as well. You drafted an offensive lineman that came out of college with some penalty issues who I think is going to be very good if he can get the holding penalties fixed in Tyler Smith. And you say it's only the preseason. No, it's not. Mm. It's about last year Mm. and the year before that. Mm. And the preseason showed us that where was the addressing of the penalties? You, you want the American public to believe and be okay with the most penalized team in the regular season last year to be okay with 21 penalties. I talked about it at halftime. I talked about it after that. We'll have to go look at it. It's the preseason. Brother, this, this ain't got a damn thing to do with the preseason. Mm. This is about the Dallas Cowboys being the most penalized team in football, and you shrug your shoulders at 21 penalties the first time we see you out in some simulated live action. I get it that starters wasn't out there, but Woody and Shefty, let me ask y'all a question, and I'm going to end this diatribe. Wasn't the damn starters out there last year when they got all them penalties? Mm-hmm. Preseason doesn't count, but it matters. Yeah. Mm. That's so true, it's become a cliche. It it it's a great expression. Preseason doesn't count, but it matters. Yeah. And, and when you're coming off a season – where you're the most penalized team in the National Football League. Because the one thing about penalties, penalties is a reflection of coaching. Yes. Yes. It's a reflection of coaching, how you discipline your team. Is your team disciplined enough to go out there and execute without creating mental errors? Yeah. Because that's what penalties are. They're mental errors. Yep. Especially and the pre-snap stuff. A- a- absolutely. So the, this whole laissez-faire attitude by Mike McCarthy, oh, it's just preseason. Oh, it's no big deal. Then next thing you know, in week four, same thing is happening. Mm. Week eight, yeah. it's all happening. And I think that's to me, is the big problem here is when does it end? Right. When well, does it end? Well, so if penalties are a reflection of coaching, we also know that the Cowboys' finish to last season was in many ways a reflection of coaching when they dialed up a play with insufficient time to get the field goal team back on the field. I know, Swagoo. It's why the rumors are already percolating. But the That's why I'm pissed. I, I get it. I feel I can because sense it. Because last year, I stood on the hill and said, they going to get these things fixed. Me, Woody, and Shefty, and you, Babyface, was on shows last year. And you guys can attest that I was like, it ain't no way Mike McCarthy and this coaching staff going to let this trend continue throughout the season. And it caught it. I ain't going to say it cost them because San Francisco deserved to win the game. But it damn sure didn't help that your season ended the way it did. Sure. After I'm standing on the table saying it ain't no way a professional football team coaching staff is going to allow them to cost allow that to cost them in January, potentially or December, the things that's happening in September and October, and it damn well did. I think one of the realities of the NFL, Shefty, is that in previous times, maybe we would talk about coaches and job security much closer to the end of the season. It's a different NFL, and I think that no coach enters a season under more pressure than Mike McCarthy. There's already been talk about Sean Payton, who conveniently happens to have roots in Dallas, is now retired from the NFL, although he has said he will go back to coaching at some point, he expects. How, jo- how, how much 
job security does Mike McCarthy have or maybe not have? Did you notice how Field framed that whole thing? Mm. He has Sean, Mc- Sean Payton on the side. <laughs> he hasn't it up. Then he asked me about his job security did you when see, he put it all did out you there. see Little baby face <laughs> went total assassin <laughs> right there. I, I, I'm, just, I, I'm just reading the scripts. I'm just reading the scripts. Let's put it out. Let's make sense of this, right? Let's basic facts. <clears throat> you said coaches are some of the most scrutinized jobs in the league. Yep. Nor no coach is more scrutinized than the Dallas Cowboys head coaching Correct. job. Sean Payton, to your point, is out there. Whether Mike McCarthy likes it or not, yeah. every time there is a setback with the franchise, every time Absolutely. something mm-hmm. goes wrong, every time a game is lost, every time the fans are upset everybody's going to be calling for Sean Payton. That's a reality of the upcoming season, whether he likes it. It's just a part of his job. The irony is is that they got hired the same year. Mike McCarthy to Green Bay, Sean Payton to New Orleans, were part of the same rookie coaching class, got their head coaching jobs in the same class. And now the shadow of Sean Payton, for better or worse, hangs over the job that Mike McCarthy does in Dallas. It's just the way it is. It it sort of reminds me of when a team has a young quarterback on the roster that fans want to see, but the veteran still has a starting job, and the only way for the veteran to keep that job is to just keep winning. That's the only way to quiet the chatter about something like Sean Payton. And when Babyface is going after the head coach... While asking a question, you know that he's got real issues this upcoming season. (laughs) Again, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. We'll see what happens with the Cowboys. They have lost 11 straight postseason games prior to making the conference championship. That's longest by any team since at least 1970. Hey, fantasy football season's around the corner. Stick Stick around to find out which players impact both fantasy and reality. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. New on NFL Live, we have a development in Pittsburgh. Shefty, what can you tell us? Well, feel for the first time today during practice, Steelers' first-round draft pick, Kenny Pickett, took some reps with the starting offense in the two- Ooh. Minute drill. Mm-hmm. He had not taken any reps with the first team offense until today. <clears throat> Again, it was just in the two minute drill, yeah. but it happened today for the first time. Make of that what you will, Damian Woody. Listen, I'm telling you right now, Mitchell Trubisky better be careful because if you're taking reps in a two minute drill, that's the hardest thing to, hardest thing to operate. Yeah. 
Yes, You're calling sir. your own yes, plays, sir. your own shots, mm. going up against the defense. If you can operate a two-minute drill and do it successfully, it's only a matter of time. What do you say, Swaggoo? You know what? It lends itself to – we talked about this a little bit yesterday with Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is going to play the guy that he thinks is the best. This contract that Mitchell Trubisky signed, the time that Mitchell Trubisky has been in the NFL, is, is, it, it may be a factor, but it's not going to be a factor enough if Kenny Pickett clearly wins this job throughout training camp for Mike Tomlin to go with him. We're talking about a dude that has 15 winning seasons in Mike Tomlin. Yeah. He, is not, he is going to exhaust every possibility to win football games and put the get best guy behind center. And it also plays into what we talked about leading into the draft with Kenny Pickett. The reps that he took at Pitt, the familiarity with that organization and being around every day. Those type of things are weighing in on this decision that's going to be made. But this is a true quarterback competition. And to Woody's point, even from a defensive standpoint, the two-minute drill is reserved for the guy that's going to be in the game in crunch time situations. And I get it that it's preseason, but it matters. And it matters because you are not talking about a quarterback with a lot of time on the field in Mitchell Trubisky that, that just has this overall arching resume to put him so far ahead of Kenny Pickett who they drafted. And based on Kenny Pickett play in that first preseason game, this is a result of that. And then you start to see things progress. This is big. This ain't something small. It may be a rookie starting in Pittsburgh, fellas. <clears throat> Swaggle, you, you and I both know this. I always say, if they're even, he's leaving. Mm. He's leaving, he leaving. That's the, that's the way it is. With these young quarterbacks, especially drafting the first round, I'm telling you. Well, look, all we have to do is look back over the past few days of what's happened with Kenny Pickett. In the preseason game, he goes 13 of 15 and creates – Basically, this huge buzz in the city of Pittsburgh that already was there. Now, a few days later, he's taking reps <laughs> with the starting offense in the two-minute yeah, drill. Yeah. So, at the very least, at the very least, he has closed the gap yeah. with Mitchell Trubisky. Mm -hmm. He has laid a stake and a claim for that starting job. And basically, if Trubisky is starting the season, just like we're talking about Sean Payton over Mike McCarthy, we're talking about Kenny Pickett <laughs> with Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, well, by the way, just I think of this as like the window just opening a little bit. And around this mm -hmm. time last year, Cam Newton had to miss five mm -hmm. days of practice with the Patriots. And what happened? Mac Jones carved the Giants' defense up. He became the Patriots starter. He may be the Patriots starter for the next dozen years. Not saying we're quite at that point with Kenny Pickett, but sometimes all it takes is just one little opening, crack of the window, for a rookie to take over a job and make it his own. Good stuff there. Coming up on NFL Live, we're going to get a live report from Green Bay on the joint practice between the Packers and the Saints. Eyes may be on the new wide receivers in Green Bay, but Woody says we should be looking elsewhere. But the sun Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Breaking news into NFL Live. It involves Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. Shefty, what can you tell us? Feel he went, underwent knee surgery today. It was the best-case scenario for the Jets. They initially had said two to four weeks 
but it certainly sounds like Joe Flacco is in line to start with the Ravens, and the Jets are going to be very careful with Zach Wilson and not bring him back until he is 100% fully recovered from the knee surgery that he had today in Los Angeles with Dr. Neil Elitrush. And by the way, his teammate, Mekhi Becton, also officially out for the year. Yeah, he's going to have surgery later this week in Los Angeles with the same doctor. By the way, surgery has not happened yet, but he was placed on IR his season officially over. Uh, the Jets officially added Dwayne Brown yesterday, so the team now has this new left tackle and right tackle combo with George Fant moving over to the right side. We go from the Jets to more joint practices as the Packers are playing host to the New Orleans Saints. These two teams met all the way back in week one of last regular season. The game was played in Jacksonville. Good to see these two teams. They have plenty of defense and plenty of new faces amongst wide receivers on offense this offseason. And time now for us to bring in the great Rob Domofsky, who covers the Packers for us here at ESPN. And Rob, sound like a good day out there in Green Bay. What did you see on the field? Well, it wasn't that great of a day for the receivers field. In fact, <laughs> if the expiration date on Aaron Rodgers' patience with the young receivers was August 16th, well, he, he's reached it. They've expired. He expressed frustration with the group for the first time, really, since they lost Devontae Adams in free agency. Now, he's not frustrated with Alan Lazard, who he thinks can be a legitimate number one. He's not frustrated with Randall Cobb, who he called one of the premier slot receivers in the NFL, and not with Sammy Watkins either, who he said had his best practice today against the Saints. But after watching mistakes and routes and drops cost Jordan Love three interceptions in the preseason game against San Francisco, and then another sloppy practice today, Rodgers said that those young receivers have got to become more consistent. I asked him, when does consistency have to, inconsistency, excuse me, have to turn into production? And he said, well, it's now. The time is now. It's coming. Uh, giving the obvious answer that they're running out of time before the opener. Now, they will get some reinforcements back in the passing game. Uh, Christian Watson, their top draft pick, the second round pick, and Robert Tunyon, their tight end, have both come off PUP. Now, none of them did anything in the team stuff against the Saints today. They're just doing individual drills. But the fact that they're back here in practice and doing some individual stuff and some jog-through stuff field at least gives Rodgers a couple of more weapons before they get to that season opener at Minnesota. All right, there you have it. The latest on the Packers pass catchers from Rob Domofsky. Thank you so much for joining us here, Rob. Another day of joint practice is coming up tomorrow. There's been plenty of talk about how Green Bay's offense will look without Devontae Adams this season, but one thing seems certain. Aaron Rodgers' success could be defined by his protection up front. Last season, Rodgers ranked top three in QBR, completion percentage, and yards per attempt when kept clean. But when he was pressured, he ranked at the bottom of the league in all of those same areas. So, Damon is our resident offensive lineman. Both Packers' offensive tackles are coming off of injuries. David Bakhtiari still on PUP. How, how concerned are you about this Packers offensive line right now? I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I mean, listen, we just looked at the stats on the graphic right there. Yeah. When he, you know, and this and this is the case with any quarterback, really, but obviously with Aaron Rodgers, he's yeah, that, greatly that was a stark difference. Oh, there's no question about it. He's greatly, you know, affected with, with that pressure. You're talking about both starting tackles that are coming back from major surgery. As much as we talk about the the the, the rookie wide receivers and obviously the tandem in the backfield. Uh, with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. If you don't have the protection, you don't have the guys on the edges to give Aaron Rodgers a clean pocket to survey those guys, what does, it, what does it matter? None of it matters. So, to me, when I look at the Green Bay Packers, that's what I got my eye on. Yeah, it, it, it's almost in the same vein of how we talk about New England with the benefit of the doubt with Bill Belichick. But this is live action, and when you're on that field, your protection predicates how good you are at quarterback, obviously. 
by the graphic that we showed. But the more the the the, the thing that I really focus on and, and, and what uh, Rob Demofsky is coming off of is the rapport with receivers help you get the ball out of your hands quicker. And the one thing I think receivers have to understand, and a couple of guys that's been around, Lazard and obviously Randall Cobb and getting Tunyon back, is that Aaron Rodgers is going to make throws that other quarterbacks in the NFL can't make. He's going to take chances in tightrope throws that other guys just aren't able to do. It's a, it's a couple, Herbert and, and, and obviously Patrick Mahomes. But ultimately, getting on the same page with these guys is a part of your offensive line as well, being able to protect and maybe needing a little bit more time to push the ball downfield because you don't have that rapport built. It'll be interesting to watch, man. This is not a great combination when you're trying to break in receivers, especially trying to find a number one guy after what you lose with Devontae Adams, but also worrying about protection and time that you have to throw the football. Remember this, fellas, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball sometimes, and we are going to be like, what is happening? You got to have receivers that understand that as well, and you need time to do that. Well, when Rob said he's frustrated with young receivers, yeah. Christian Watson's just back at practice. Right. Romeo Dobbs been Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs. That, 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 He didn't name him, <laughs> but right. he unofficially named him, right? Like, right. that's who you took it to be. Right. Now, he's been sensational during training camp, and I would think that any young receiver is going to have ups and downs. And yeah. so this seemed like a down day, I guess, yeah. for him mm-hmm. after a weekend in which he caught a long pass, also dropped a ball or two. So, again, ups and downs, I think that's par for the course for the young receivers, and that's why this team is going to have to lean on running the football, short passes, yeah. Robert Tungan getting him back at tight end, hopefully, yeah. and having him back for the start of the season, throwing to the two backs out of the backfield, doing other things yeah. that are a little bit different than they've done in the past. But you know what? That's what that's the expect when you expect it to win now. Mm. You know, Aaron Rodgers talked about like, guys, we don't have time to waste. Like, l- literally, week one is coming. Yeah. You know, if this is a rebuilding yeah. team, it's one thing. But when you're expected to contend for a championship. It's almost like we don't have time to wait for you. You gotta get, you guys right. got to figure it out right yeah. now. And they certainly don't want a repeat of last year's week one. 38-3 against Ooh. the New Orleans Saints. Ooh. The game was being played in Jacksonville, of course. Because you, just chose, you just chose violence. I just couldn't now. help myself. Second time on the show today, Dan. I'm feisty today. <laughs> hey, time now for one more thing. And Aaron Rodgers may not have trust with his young wide receivers, at least entirely. But he does have a Nick Cage bust in his locker. And, Damian, that to me feels like reason enough to believe he could be the back-to-back-to-back MVP this year. Yeah, man, his swag is just on a trillion right now. Like, I mean, to have a Nick Cage bust in your locker, who does that? Yeah, hey, Swagger, did you ever carry anything weird in your locker during your playing days? Nah, nothing weird at all. Picture of my family, but I wasn't good enough to put no foolish. Your first round pick, come on now, Swagu. <laughs> that don't mean you're you had good a enough. Big old bag when you entered the, the league. As far as I'm concerned, you could have had whatever you wanted in your locker. NFL Live continues tomorrow. Watch the Fantasy Football Marathon tonight. <laughs>